What you think, you see, and you ultimately become. Think better, live better. Welcome to the Think Better, Live Better podcast. We're your hosts, Mark and Angel Chernoff. New York Times bestselling authors and creators of the popular blog, Mark and Angel Hack Life. Today's episode is titled, Four Toxic Behaviors That Tear Couples Apart. The best relationships are the best not because they've always been the happiest, but because they have stayed strong through some of the mightiest of storms. Over the years, through our coaching practice, our live event, Think Better, Live Better, and our Getting Back to Happy course in coaching, We've worked with thousands of individuals and couples looking to fix their family relationships. We've learned a lot about what it takes to make this happen too. Whether you're working to fix your marriage, a dating relationship, or a friendship, there's lots of little things that you can do to keep your relationship on track. And since we've recently covered many of these healthy relationship strategies on our blog and explored them um, with some of our live event attendees, today we wanted to kind of quickly go over some of them with you and look at the flip side of them too. Some of the most common behaviors that actually pull us away from a happy relationship. Some of the common behaviors that make our relationships really toxic. So to start, I can honestly say that Angel and I can you know, listen to a couple talk for a while and with a very high level of accuracy, tell whether the relationship will last in the long run or whether they're going to have some pretty serious relationship issues in the the days, weeks, and months ahead. The reason we can do this is quite simple. Most failing or failed relationships suffer from many of the same behavioral issues. And there's four core issues that we see arise again and again. Number one, condemnation of a person's character. Complaints are fine. Disagreements are fine too. These are natural, focused reactions to a person's decisions or behavior. But when complaints and disagreements snowball into global attacks on the person and not on their decisions or behavior, this spells trouble. For example, they didn't call me when they said they would because they forgot, but because they're horrible, wretched human being. Number two, hateful gestures. Frequent name-calling, threats, eye-rolling, belittling, mockery, hostile teasing, and so forth. You know, in whatever form, gestures like these are poisonous to a relationship because they convey hate. And it's virtually impossible to resolve a relationship problem when the other person is constantly getting the message that you hate them. Number three, denying responsibility. When you deny responsibility in every relationship dispute, all you're really doing is blaming your partner. You're saying in effect, the problem is never me, it's always you. This denial of responsibility just escalates the argument because there's a complete breakdown of communication. Number four, the silent treatment. Tuning out, ignoring, disengaging, refusing to acknowledge and so forth. All variations of the silent treatment don't just remove the other person from the argument you're having with them. It ends up removing them emotionally from the relationship you have with them also. The key thing to remember is differences of opinion, even major ones, don't destroy relationships. 
It's how a couple deals with their inevitable differences that counts. Couples waste years trying to change each other's mind, but this can't always be done because many of their disagreements are rooted in fundamental differences of opinion, personality, or values. By fighting over these deep-seated differences, all they succeed in doing is wasting their time and running their relationship into the ground. So how do people in healthy relationships deal with issues that can't be resolved? They accept one another as is. These couples understand that problems are an inevitable part of any long-term relationship. In the same way, chronic physical difficulties are inevitable as we grow older and wiser. These problems are like a weak knee or a bad back. We may not want these problems, but we're able to cope with them to avoid situations that irritate them and to develop strategies that help us deal with them. Psychologist Stan Wilde said it best in his book, After the Honeymoon. When choosing a long-term partner, you will inevitably be choosing a particular set of unsolvable problems that you'll be grappling with for the next 10, 20, or 50 years. Bottom line, acceptance of one another is of vital importance to every couple. What else makes a relationship flourish in the long run? Again, Angel and I have, you know, discussed this a lot over the years. Um, We've helped hundreds and hundreds of coaching clients with it. But we want to give you a slightly different perspective by eliminating the, the details and narrowing it down to some fundamentals here. So some things that a relationship can do to actually flourish. Number one, truly knowing each other is vital. Healthy couples are intimately familiar with each other's evolving stories. These couples make plenty of emotional room for their relationship, which means they sincerely listen to each other. They remember the major events in each other's lives and what they've been through. They keep up to date as the facts and feelings of their partner's reality changes and so forth. The key thing here is that nothing you can give is more appreciated than your sincere, focused attention, your full presence. Being with your partner, listening without a clock, without... The anticipation of the next event is the ultimate compliment. It is indeed the most valued gesture you can make to them, and it arms you with the information that you need to truly know them and support them in the long run. Number two, relationship issues must be worked out with each other, not others. This may seem obvious, but these days it's worth mentioning. Never post negatively about a loved one on social media. 14-year-old high school kids post negatively about their boyfriends, girlfriends, and friends on social media. It's a catty way to get attention and vent when the emotional healthy response is to talk your grievances over with them directly when the time is right. Don't fall into the trap of getting others on your side because healthy relationships only have one side. Furthermore, relationships don't always make sense, especially from the outside. So don't let outsiders run your relationship for you. If you're having a relationship issue with your partner, work it out with them and no one else. Number three, use positive language in arguments and save yourself a lot of grief. Relationships flourish when both people are able to share their innermost feelings and thoughts in a positive way. One effective method of doing this during an argument is to do your best to avoid using the word you and try using the word I instead. 
This makes it much easier to express feelings and much harder to inadvertently attack the other person. So, for example, instead of saying, you are wrong, try saying, I don't understand. Instead of saying, you always, try saying, I often feel. It's a subtle shift that can make a big difference in how you communicate. Number four, a mutual willingness to make sacrifices must be present. Intimate bonds are tied with true love, and true love involves attention, awareness, discipline, effort, and being able to care about someone and sacrifice for them continuously in countless petty little unsexy ways every day. You put your arms around them and love them regardless, even when they're not very lovable. And of course, they do the same for you. If you want to know what a healthy relationship is, it's one where two people wake up every morning and say, this is worth it. You are worth it. I'm happy you are in my life. It's all about sacrifice. It's about knowing that some days you will have to do things you dislike to make the one you love smile and feeling perfectly delighted to do so. That's right. You know, the the best relationships are not just, you know, about the good times you share. It's about the obstacles you go through together and the fact that you still say, I love you in the end. And loving someone isn't just about saying it every day. It's about showing it every day through your actions and behaviors. Angel and I aren't perfect either, right? I mean, nobody's. There's no relationship that's all, you know, butterflies and rainbows and and hearts. (laughs) There's disagreements. There's moments of contention. Um, And the relationships that survive in the long run are are between two human beings that are willing to create a space to have honest conversations, to have regular communication, um, and to be present in each other's stories. Right. So with the busyness of jobs and careers and businesses and children and everything that we have going on, right, and entertainment, there has got to be some time that a husband and a wife, um, that, a, that a married couple of any sex has for each other, right? Yeah. Um, quiet, focused, no distractions, sharing, sharing an experience that, that both people appreciate. with the other person that they love. I think it's easy to listen to this podcast and say, oh, I am totally sending this to my partner. They (laughs) need to know what they're doing to me. But rather than that, I think we need to look at this and say, okay, where am I guilty, right? Where have I participated in some of these actions? You know, how can I make improvements? Because, you know, I'll raise my hand and say I'm totally guilty of doing some of these behaviors that are not healthy. Yeah, like for the a silent relation. treatment. Like how oh, often yeah. do we do that? I mean, we yeah. default to the silent treatment. I think as human beings, we yeah. do. Like Angel, Angel will come in and, and 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 snap at me about something, and it will be something small, and I'll get frustrated. And so rather than open the door for communication and say, okay, well let's let's talk this out, the, my knee jerk reaction mm-hmm. is to like just be quiet like oh and, and stomp off right yep. and it's taken me a long time to work in, on that as a human being yeah and it's okay to you know take a minute or two and say okay i need to calm down surely, i'm about to explode surely, to give myself so I'm, the gonna, space. I'm gonna be quiet right now but then to readjust uh, address it and say hey this is how i felt when this happened um you know just recently we got in an argument you yeah, know oh, yeah. last week and we were frustrated with each other and our son Mac was right there yeah. and afterwards you know i felt terrible i felt like you know this was definitely not a mom win for me you know <laughs> i don't like that it wasn't a parent win for either of us i don't like that he witnessed that and had me get 
witnessed me getting flustered and upset and, you know, yelling. And so I talked to him afterwards and, you know, we talked about it as a family. And, you know, it's okay for your children to see you disagree and get in an argument. Um, It's good for them to see that, you know, we get frustrated as adults too, but we need to communicate it. We need to talk it out with one another. And so I- The the beautiful thing is that neither one of us denied responsibility, right? Like we both said, hey, um, the way we had approached our disagreement was improper. Uh, and it was terrible timing, right? Now, the, the timing doesn't always work out, but we, we we could have done it more gracefully. Having that disagreement was not the issue, right? People are going to have disagreements. You and I are always going to have some some level of disagreement, right? A married, married couples do. Friends do. Parents and, and, and children do. It's how you communicate that. And in that moment, we did not give ourselves the space to step back, like you said. Um, I think at first... I kind of gave a little bit of that silent treatment, which then had my blood boiling. And the, the point here is it's, it's a great learning experience. Nothing yeah. that bad. It's not like no. it was a really terrible argument, but it was just like we, we took a step back afterwards and said, you know what? I can do that better. Yeah. Like that, that can definitely be communicated better than it was, um, which is important. Uh, you know, I think it's an important reminder, too, that, you, you know, you and I are very well versed in understanding these principles. And yet in the heat of the moment, we can still let life get the best of us. And it's okay to forgive yourself for that, right? Yeah. So, so listen to this podcast. Take heed to the idea of not condemning a person's character, not you know spewing hateful gestures, not denying responsibility, not giving the silent treatment, and so forth. You know, let that sink in. Look at, and like Angel said, look at how you have contributed to, a, to those you know kind of faults to a relationship yeah. uh, situation. But at the same time, forgive yourself for it. And, 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 and learn, lean into it going forward. Yep. And we talk a lot about relationships in our book, A Thousand Little Things Happy Successful People Do Differently. So check that out if you haven't done so yet. We also have a pretty extensive relationship section on our blog. So an entire section dedicated to uh, relationship-based articles. So that might be worth checking out as well. What you think, you see, you ultimately become. Think better. Live better.